0: My first experience with domestic violence was when I was 16 years old. I was able to escape that relationship rather quickly and abruptly without a whole lot of regret. What I didn't count on was as time went by that I would become less and less able to spot abuse and danger in my own life, and it would become harder and harder to walk away from it. Welcome to Through the Fire, a podcast about how to live life while experiencing emotional abuse. Each week, I'll share my experiences with you, and we'll break down the lessons I've learned and help you apply them to your own life, so that we can all start living with joy and purpose while learning how to keep ourselves safe and sane. When I was 16 years old, I moved in with the boy that I was dating because I wanted to escape my life at home. I thought that I was mature and smart, and I was, but moving in with him was still a poor choice. When I was 16, I could clearly see the signs and the dangers. I saw how his childhood shaped him into the man that he was becoming, and I saw the way his older brother treated his partner, and I knew what was coming for me. I could see it clearly, and I had no regrets about leaving that relationship. But as time went on, I realized things were a lot more serious than I thought. One time I was going through my old computer stuff and I found a floppy disk and I popped it into the computer to see what was on it and there was a letter that I had written to this man, this boy that I had been living with. In this letter, I told him how it was so inappropriate and totally not okay the way he had treated me. I stood up for myself, but the words that I read on that page were horrifying I remember the incident pretty vividly after I read this letter. But before that, I completely shut the incident out of my mind. You see, when you're under stress like that, when you're being abused, one of the coping mechanisms that you develop is a convenient sense of selective memory. You can completely forget about incidents because they're just too painful or too traumatic. And that's what happened with me. When I think about this incident... Now, I don't feel like it would be that traumatic, but at the time, at 16 years old, I can see how it was really scary. We were sitting on the bed, just chatting, and I stood up to go to the bathroom, and he grabbed my arm and pulled me back on the bed and demanded to know where I was going. And I, you know, ripped my hand away from his, and I said, I'm going to the bathroom. Is that okay with you? You know, with some attitude, and I went along my way. But what I had forgotten was that he grabbed my arm so hard that he left bruises And I wrote this letter the next day when they showed up. That was my first incident with violence in my intimate partner relationship. With that boy, I left abruptly. I moved out while he was at work one day, and I never looked back. And that was a fantastic decision on my part. But what I didn't realize is that when you experience the trauma, it changes your brain chemistry. You're unable to function the way you were before, And when I left him, I jumped right into another unhealthy relationship. The next relationship wasn't full of abuse the way that this one was, but it was very toxic for me. And after that, it just kind of snowballed downhill, one terrible toxic relationship after another, until I pretty much got to where I'm at today. Today, I can see the dysfunction. I can see the mistreatment. I feel terrible, but something is different than it was when I was 16. When I was 16, I looked at that treatment and I thought, no, 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 you cannot treat me like this. I'm out of here. And now I think about, will I be able to take care of myself? How am I going to do this? Am I going to hurt him if I leave? Am I going to hurt him if I leave? If I protect myself from mistreatment, from abuse, from violence, from being degraded and dehumanized? Am I going to hurt him? That's what I think about now. And I was having a discussion with somebody the other day, and they reminded me that when you go through trauma, when you experience trauma, it changes your brain. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Let me look into this again. I was reading an article, and they highlighted how when you are constantly under duress. When you're constantly in fight or flight mode, you are not able to function fully. You can't make decisions the way you could before. Your memory isn't what it was before. That this constant onslaught of attacks from your partner trying to wear down your self-esteem actually works. Even if you can see it and recognize it and you try to resist it, it still changes your brain chemistry. It changes your ability to function. And in extreme cases, it can even change your body's ability to function. Your immune system crashes. A lot of people who spend years and years in abusive relationships develop autoimmune disorders. Your body just stops functioning. And the reason for that is when you're constantly exposed to that fight or flight, the stress hormones, the chemicals that your body releases when you feel like you're in danger, they, they do a number on your body, on your system. Your hormones can't function properly. You, you're you not responding to situations the way you normally would. Even when you feel joy, you don't get that rush of joy chemicals that your brain releases because you're still worried. You're still scared. You're still fearing for your life and your well-being. So essentially, the choice to stay in an abusive relationship is the ultimate choice. You're choosing their life over yours because living in an abusive relationship is no way to live. So now being armed with this information again How do I feel about it? How should you feel about it? Well, first off, you should feel however you're feeling because feelings are not wrong. They just are. And how I feel about it is I feel embarrassed that I've allowed this to happen. I feel guilty that I've done so many things wrong in trying to protect myself. I feel shame, like I am not good enough, like something in me is flawed because I can't fix this situation easily. And I feel hopeful because now I have this information. I can recognize what's going on. I can identify those feelings of guilt and shame and regret. And in the past, I wasn't even able to identify those feelings. So being able to say, I feel shame, I feel embarrassed, that's progress for me. And it's a step in the right direction. Because once I can identify those feelings, I can release them. I can separate myself from them and realize that I am not my feelings. My feelings are just something that I'm experiencing in this moment. And these feelings are going to pass. And that's something that you can take comfort in as well. You can know that whatever it is that you're feeling, whether it's sorrow or fear or joy, that feeling can't last forever. And that if you can just take a few moments to take care of yourself, to honor those feelings, to recognize them, and to not judge yourself for feeling how you're feeling, that you'll get through this. And if you're feeling like you're going crazy, like you can't make decisions the way you used to before, even simple decisions, if you feel like you can't put together a sentence the way you were before. You're feeling tired all the time and you don't know why. You feel down. You feel like the things that used to bring you joy don't anymore. You feel so isolated that you don't want to be around other people. I know that sounds crazy, but at some point when you isolate enough or when you've been isolated enough, you lose the desire to be around other people. You develop a fear of them. If you're experiencing those symptoms, the best thing that you can do is to learn more. Learn more about your situation. Learn more about how the human body works when it's put in these stressful situations. Learn about the effects of abuse and ways where you can heal. Take care of yourself in whatever way you can. A lot of people have an idea of what self-care means and self-care means something different for everybody. For some people it's taking a nice relaxing bubble bath. For some people it's meditation and for others it's getting out and getting sweaty, doing a hard workout until you get tired. Because, you know, taking care of your physical body, even though it's hard and challenging, is care. You're doing something good for yourself in the long run. Self-care isn't always going to feel easy. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but you know that what you're doing is good for you. For me, the self-care that I'm doing is I'm immersing myself in healing experiences I'm reading books about codependency, about narcissism. I read books about trauma and depression, and I'm learning as much as I possibly can learn about the situation, about the things I've felt in my life, about my current and my past experiences, because I know that when I'm armed with this knowledge, it's going to help me make better choices in the future. And that although I feel like leaving is the hardest thing I could possibly do, I know that it's going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. I know that no matter what I do, the fact that I know what's going on is a comfort to me. Another thing I'm doing is I'm diving deep into my past. And although I know that my childhood is what taught me to get into situations like this, I'm continuously diving deeper into specific experiences, specific things that are going on, analyzing what started this whole process for me. It's like the question, if I'm not happy, why don't I just leave? That's a fantastic question, and it's a very multi-layered answer. Answering that question for me is like an onion, like the true root of the problem is in the center, and each time I ask myself that question, I peel off a layer of the onion. At first it was, I don't feel like I will be able to support myself financially. And so I had to dive into that. Why did I feel that way? How did those feelings come about? When I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get out and support myself. I was excited about having to figure things out. I was excited about work and about jobs and about being an adult. I loved that idea. And now the idea of being out on my own and supporting myself sounds scary and hard and like I can't do it. So I had to figure out where that came from. Where did that start in my life? At what point did that shift happen where I went from being excited about taking care of myself to being afraid of taking care of myself? What experiences did I have? Who said something to me? What relationship was I in at the time where I first felt that fear? And I had to dig really deep a couple of times to get to an answer. And I go through that with lots of questions. So after digging into that, I asked myself the question again, why is this so hard for me to leave? And I realized, okay, maybe it's not just financial, you know, because once I dug into that financial thing and I really started to figure out what it was, my financial situation started to turn around. And I realized that I had been preventing myself from really making money. So now that that's not an issue, I have to ask myself that question again. Okay, so if it's not financial, then what is it? Then I dig into, oh, I don't want to hurt the other person. And then I have to figure out, well, why do I feel like taking care of myself is hurting somebody else? At what point in my life did I decide that other people's feelings were more important than mine? Why is it okay for them to be happy and not for me to be happy? Why is it okay for them to make me unhappy to fulfill their own selfish needs when they're not even truly happy either? All these questions, all this digging, all this soul searching, it's been very enlightening and it's been a very painful experience. And I've had days where I just cry all day, days where I don't wanna get out of bed, where I don't wanna work, I don't wanna do anything and as painful as it is the healing that's coming out of it is so much bigger it's so much more important for me to do this work to answer these tough questions to get to the root of the problem because i know that this isn't the life that i want for me and i know that this is the way out that doing work with coaches and therapists and on my own is going to be my best shot at getting to a place where i do love my life where i'm fulfilled where I'm happy, where I don't have to wake up in fear and regret and despair every day. The life I envision for myself is a life of joy and peace and adventure and freedom and happiness. And with or without another person in my life, I can create that for myself. Hanging on to the belief that I'm going to be able to create that for myself someday hinges on my ability to get through what I'm going through right now. And if I just leave and I don't do the hard work, that it takes to figure out how I got to where I'm at today, I'll be opening myself up to fall right back into the same situation with another person, which is what I've been doing up until now. I know a lot of people are scared to do this work. They're afraid they're going to open a can of worms. They're afraid to see what's deep inside themselves. And I can tell you at times it does feel like opening a can of worms. And at times I wish I could just crawl back into my little shell of denial and go back to living a life of blissful unawareness. But when I look at that, I was not blissful. I was not blissfully unaware. I was miserably unaware. My life was painful and I didn't know why. I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know what to do. And at least now I know the source of my pain. I can address it. When that comes up, I can get help. I can ask for it from friends, from family, from professionals, when those feelings come up, I know what to do with them. I'm learning coping mechanisms. I'm learning skills and tools to deal with these feelings so that I can move through them and get on with my day. So opening this can of worms has been the best thing that I could have done for myself. And I hope that if you choose to do that for yourself, that you do it with the proper support, that you get, Therapy, that you get a coach, that you get some really well trusted friends, some really healthy friends that are willing to work through this for you, to be a sounding board, to be a mirror, to help you see the things that you can't see on your own. And I hope that you experience the healing and you get yourself onto a better road. Because here's the thing about life it's not a game that you can win or lose. It's literally just progress until it's over. And you can choose what path you walk down. You can choose the hard path. You can choose the easy path. You can choose a rewarding path, which might have times of easy and challenging. And you can choose when you want to switch your path. If you've been walking down a bumpy road all on your own, I want you to know that you don't have to do that. You don't have to stay on that road. You don't have to continually fight off all the attackers along this bumpy road. You can choose to take the hand of somebody on an easier road and walk with them. You can choose to get assistance for part of your journey. Maybe you don't need to hold that hand the whole way. Maybe you just need help right now, and that's okay. Humans are meant to be in connection with each other. We are not meant to do this life on our own. You can't really do anything completely on your own. And so when it's time to ask for help, ask. There are people out there who are dying to help you. It's their purpose. It's their mission to find people who are just like you in the situation that you're in right now and help them get better. It's what brings them joy and helps them feel fulfilled. So you asking for help is not putting other people out. You asking for help is giving somebody the opportunity for them to live their purpose. And it's giving yourself the opportunity to discover what your purpose is too. So I hope that this information has been helpful. I hope that you decide to pick up a book, that you get on YouTube, that you do your research and find out more about yourself and your situation learn about the human brain, learn about how it works and why you're experiencing the things you're experiencing now. If you want a list of recommended reading materials, you can find that in our Facebook group, Through the Fire. So it's free to join. Just find us on Facebook and submit a request. There you'll also be able to find support of people who are going through exactly what you're going through now, people who've already recovered, people who are just starting out on their journey and everything in between. It's a network of people who are there to support each other, to help each other grow and heal and get through this. Also, please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. It's really going to help more people just like you get exposed to this valuable information and the support that they truly need. I am so grateful that you've been here sharing this time with me. If you have a question that you need answered or if you have a topic you'd like us to cover in this podcast... Join us at Through the Fire Facebook group where you can ask these questions and get them answered. I hope to see you in there. Have a great week.